Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. This is a 30-second stereo radio for trade school in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Welcome to Riffin' with Raph and A.D., Coming to you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Now here's former Huskers, Chris Rapp and Aaron Davis. All right, we're back again. Wednesday night, ripping with Rapp and AD, the quickest two hours of the week. AD, we got ourselves another guest. And I'm talking about one of the one of my one of my all-time favorite receivers at Nebraska, no doubt about it. I think he was maybe a little bit before his time too. I think today's today's college football, I think his catches would have been magnified greatly. But heck of a player. And coming the words of coming to America, that boy good. That boy good. That boy good. He really good. Tremaine Bell, what's up, baby? Hey, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> nice intro. I'm like, who are you guys talking about? <laughs> Tree, how you doing, big bro? Man, hey, I'm doing well, AD, man. It's good to uh, talk with you. You know, it was great to see you uh, a few weeks ago at the uh, spring uh, game and reunion. So I'm happy to be with you guys tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tree, I tell you what, man. Um, I was, just as I was just kind of I was looking on the field and looking on the sidelines and looking at all the different eras of guys that were there and it was it, it gave you goosebumps to see guys from the, the you know the, the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s 2000s the present and it was just a snapshot and to see how fast it goes though too big bro oh it, it definitely goes very quick um you know, walking out on the field, you know, there's a lot of change since, you know, we've played there in regards to how the stadium looks and how the guys come out on the field in the other direction. And it was just really nice to just be back out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting to meet up with, you know, your old teammates, meeting new guys that you didn't play with that you may be friends with on Facebook mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, reestablishing uh, that Husker family. I think a lot of us old guys still have kind of, dissipated away and just trying to get that back. I think it was a great, great, great um, opportunity for everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tremaine, uh, you came from Chicago, uh, went to Simeon High School. I just got to start off with this question because it's been blowing my mind all day long. 
You and Johnny Mitchell were on the same high school team? Yes, we were. Good Lord, I would have loved to play quarterback for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this about you know, that team. Uh, we were we were pretty stacked. Um, actually, you know, it, a lot of people don't realize it, but Johnny Mitchell wanted to be a running back. He wanted to be our tailback. Running back. And, uh, yeah, they let him play it a little bit our junior season. They were like, ah, I want you to get back out there at tight end and play there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we were pretty productive. Uh, I was just kind of thinking about it today because I knew we were going to uh, have an interview and just kind of thinking about back in that time. Uh, we, our team was like one of the top scoring teams in the state in history. Mm. I think in that, my, that was our senior year, Johnny and I senior year. I think we scored over 380 points that year. So, you know, the ball was up in the air and it was going all over the place. So, yeah, it, it was very interesting, uh, that team. But if there's one kid a lot of people don't know about uh, that was probably just as good as Johnny and I, and he was a sophomore, this kid named Reggie Britton, and uh, he had started as a freshman on the varsity. Uh, kid was every bit player that split in. Uh, he wound up, you know, being an all-state guy, but, you know, academics kind of hindered him. Uh, he was a junior college kid, and then, you know, he never really – fulfilled his uh, potential but he was another kid on that team that you know our quarterback had someone to throw the ball to so yeah the ball was going up that's for sure you think about johnny mitchell and tree on the same daggone team good lord i want to play quarterback for this team so bad (laughs) i will suit up right now and make a return right now i mean what what's a play call on that just like all right um Johnny, um, you hit the seam. Tremaine, <laughs> fade to the outside. I'm just going to throw it up. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, you have your percentages are very high that you're coming up with completion there. Oh yeah, it's funny. You know, you say that because uh, at the time I was playing flanker. You know, you think about you know back in the late '80s uh, at a flanker, I was from the high school. I was like six two, maybe 185 pounds. He had Johnny playing tight end. He's six three. He was every bit of uh, two fifty, and then your other receiver I came by Reggie Britton. He was like five eleven, uh, one eighty five. So the play, the, the, the play that we would win on, we had this one play called uh, double cross, and Reggie would always be open on that. Johnny, his play was tight end option. He had the option to run a corner route and just run up the field. You know, most times he's going to run straight up the field. <laughs> <laughs> then my play was the eagle play. I used to run a post down the middle field, and that was big plays for us. So, you know, we were very effective. Um, our coach really worked us hard. He was a guy that had some opportunities to play professional football. And, uh, yeah, he was about it. You know, he was telling us, hey, you know, you guys got to be blocking down the field. You guys got to catch over 100 balls before practice and after practice. So, a lot of those things that, um, you know, when I got to Nebraska that Coach Brown was preaching, mm. it had already been preached to me. So it was the second nature to me. You know, I was looking this up, big bro, and I didn't realize, to all the Husker fans, listeners out there, Tremaine was born the day after Nebraska, after we beat Oklahoma 35-1, 35-31, the game of the century. Had you ever thought, has anybody ever brought that to your, I'm sure they brought it to your attention before. You know what, the funny thing you say to A.B., uh, when I uh, committed to the Huskers way back when I was talking about junior college, and I had an interview with one of the, I think it was Lincoln Journal Star, and one of the reporters said, hey, you know, you know he was born after the game of the century. I was like, well, that's kind of a big thing, you know. Um, <laughs> it kind of be thought about it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of big, you know, especially <laughs> for folks in Nebraska. But, you know, people in Chicago, you don't think about that as no. much, you know. Usually around that time, you know, 
you knew Nebraska, Oklahoma. You know, that was right. the game you was going to watch after Thanksgiving because there was nothing else. But besides that, you know, most of the kids in Chicago, you growing up, you want to be the next Michael Jordan. You know, mm. the basketball was king in Chicago. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of kids uh, went to Simeon High School because we're known for basketball. You know, still to this day, you know, we're getting guys that are coming out of there playing Division One basketball and, you know, getting an opportunity to play pro ball. And that's where everyone wanted to go. And then I think what normally happens is guys are like, oh, I may not make the team. And then they kind of gravitate to to the other sports, and I think uh, football and baseball kind of um, benefited from that a lot. Tremaine, tell me this, man. When Simi, a lot of some people don't know about this, and a lot of folks do that are from Chicago or surrounded, you know, Indiana, Chicago, uh, Milwaukee, etc. What was the atmosphere like when Simeon played King? Mm, it would be like North Carolina versus Duke. Uh, you know, one of the biggest rivalries uh, in uh, state basketball, actually in the country, because King was usually, you know, they have the, the uh, number one player in the year. We have the number one player in the year. And, you know, it was a lot of the guys on both teams kind of grew up in the same area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've had these rivalries for a long time. And then you get into that big stage, you know, you, you're easily, you know, when we would get to the, uh, the playoffs, Back then, you had to go through all the city playoffs and win the city championship in order to place downstate. So, you know, normally in the Final Four, it's usually going to be Simeon and King. And normally, those two teams are playing to see who goes downstate. And we would play down at the UIC Pavilion, and that place would be packed. Mm. Just like a big UNC game. You know, it's one of the greatest, you know, things I had opportunity to witness and just kind of be a part of. Tell me this, okay, so tell some of the folks who don't understand, Simeon, Simeon versus King is like Duke, North Carolina, in the same city as Chicago. Now, Tree, tell the listeners some of the players over the years that have come out and during your time and a little, and a little after you that played for both of those schools. Okay, uh, well, you think about King, they had Marcus Liberty. He wound mm-hmm. up being a pro. Yep. Uh, they had a guy named Jamie Brandon that went down to LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a guy named Johnny Selby. Uh, that was at King. Uh, I'm trying to think who else there was out there. It was, it was a ton of guys on that team that you might not have heard of, but they wound up going to college and being big time um, uh, Division One ball players. Now for Simeon, you know, when I was there, uh, Nick Anderson, mm. he was like a big name. Uh, before I got there, the year I was uh, going in, um, Ben Wilson had died, and he was the number one player in the country, oh, wow. the first um, person from the state of Illinois uh, that was number one player in the country. That guy was um, Magic Johnson at the high school level. He would have been a, a, a pro, and I think he would have been an all-pro uh, for years, you know, when he made it to the league. Um, my classmate, Deion Thomas, uh, we had another kid named Jackie Crawford. He went to Southwest Missouri, um, Al Redmond, you know, and these guys were just great. And mm-hmm. Coach Hambrick, you know, he ruled with an iron fist, man. It was discipline. Sometimes it would be difficult to watch those games because once we would get up, it's four corners. You know, mm. saying just milking the clock, milking the clock, milking the clock. So it was never one player was bigger than the program. And then you think about the guys that came through after that. You know, we had the Bobby Simmons and we had Derrick Rose. A lot of people know Derrick about Derrick Rose, him. yep. Uh, uh, Taylor Horton is with the Lakers. He's another mm-hmm. Simeon guy. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to think who else. They have some kids right now that are playing uh, major college ball right now. But it's a factory. They have guys coming in there every year and, and they're putting them in to the um, 
to the uh, Division I program. Matter of fact, um, Ed Murrow. Um, Ed Murrow, Big uh, Ed. Yep. Yeah, Big Ed, his, his son uh, played there. And a lot of people may not know this, but um, Ed's um, daughters, him and Nafisa's daughters, they both played at Simeon. His daughter this year was the freshman of the year. Oh, wow. Basketball. A lot of people don't know that. You know, mm. just, you know, just ball play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just when you, you know, we, we, re- we really feel good about our school. We, you know, it's a lot of pride to say you come from Simeon. And, you know, everybody wears on their sleeve. You know, you know if you're going to be playing against a Simeon team in any sport, you know, we're going to come with our hard hat. Uh, so, you know, I think my – I'll say this, AD, in regards just to athletics in general in our school. My my senior class, we had the first um, MLB um, uh, high school kid taken in the first round, the fourth pick, Jeffrey Jackson, was the Philadelphia Phillies. We had Johnny Mitchell, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, eventually makes his way to Nebraska. Then we had Deion Thomas. He went to the University of Illinois. He was number four high school player in the wow. year. So think about the athletes that were just in that school. That's just three of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You think about the guys, you know, those guys, the guys that they play with and the guys that were coming after them. That collection of athletes right there is ridiculous, number one. And you think about you playing in those big environments and those big um, with a lot of eyes on you in highly competitive environments, Simeon versus King. Then we bring it to football, the number of athletes in the football field. So why – okay, so you look at – you come out of high school – what other schools did you think? Now, you go to Highland first, Highland Community College, okay? Right. And you were the, mm-hmm. um, like I said, you were the uh, sixth um, honorable mention Juco All-American, um, two-time undergraduate all-conference pick. What what type of culture shock? We're going to get to Nebraska in a second, but you leave Chicago. Chicago. You know what I'm saying? The city. Sweet home, yeah. Chicago. Sweet home, Chicago. Sing it, Ralph. That's all I got. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then tree you go to highland community college in i mean in right near atchison kansas what t- when you yeah. first arrived on that in that town in that campus did you think uh-huh. oh my goodness what am i doing here how how did you adapt well, i'll tell you this ad <laughs> it was definitely a culture shock i'll tell you that much uh you know especially you know growing up on the south side of chicago and, you know, and that's all you know. You um, grow up in this big metropolis, and you're like, you know, hey, Chicago is it. Mm-hmm. And then you got rural Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, I never even visited the school. And, and what happened You never was, visited? Uh, never visited. Uh, this is what happened. I'll tell you how, how I wound up down there. Uh, there was a coach from uh, Western Michigan University. He came in, and he was uh, recruiting us. And he recruited me. And, you know, I didn't have my ACT score. And I had one science class I didn't have because I wasn't aware. Whereas nowadays, they are prepping you for those things. Right. That's when everything started changing with ACT and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So um, he was like, hey, you know what? We really like you, but these are the reasons why we can't really offer you. So he said, I know a place. He had went there, so he got in contact with the head coach down there. They reached out and said, hey, could you send some film? Sure, I could send some film. I sent film to him, and then they was like, uh, hey, you know, we'd like to offer you a scholarship. I was like, cool. I said, are you guys going to um, send for me a visit down there? It's like, well, you can come down here yourself. We don't have the money for that. I was like, that's okay. I'm there. You're paying for my school. I'll I'm make it happen. There, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go. You know? uh, but the saving grace is I had an aunt that lived in Kansas City, which was an hour away. So okay. if I ever got homesick, I can get to Kansas City. Uh, but no, I, the first time I stepped on campus, 
uh, I flew into KCI, and there were a couple of young ladies that were uh, working with the athletic department, and they came and picked me up in the school van. So I get in the van, and we're driving back. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. It's just the further away we get from Kansas City, the more rural it gets. And then we finally get on the C-Lane Highway to roll up into Highland. So we get into Highland. It looks like one of those, you know, one-horse towns. Oh, you had your bank, wow. you had your, your post office, you had your couple gas stations. So we get there, and it was, it's pitch black at night. You know, I, the dorms, they send me over to the dorms. I would say that the dorms were pretty awesome. Okay. You know, there was apartment-style um, living. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but she was like, yeah, you know, um, we woke up in the morning, and this is the campus here. You know, you look a bit further down the road, there you go see more of the town. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I run my room. I get myself uh, situated. Then the next morning, I had to meet with Coach. And uh, I wake up, open my door. I look down the road. All I see is cornfields. I said, oh, she's talking about this the rest of the town? <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely a culture shock. Uh, and then I, I get over to meet Coach and, you know, we talk a little bit. I'm like, oh, so this is it, Coach. He's like, yeah, this is it. I was like, this okay. is it. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, come down here and do the things I need to do. Uh, I know I felt that when I was coming out of high school, just because of the grade situation, and felt I was kind of slighted a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, hey, you know, I'm going to go down here and focus on school. I'm here to play football and go to school. This is what I'm here to do. And I'm going to show everyone that I can play at that level. And that's pretty much what I did, man. Those two years, man, I just grinded out, man, and just, you know, did those things that I needed to do to get out of there. But I'll tell you this, man, going there those two years, it definitely helped me grow, not only Mm. as a player, but as a man, Mm -hmm. Uh, being able to be in a different environment and just being able to adjust to it. Um, Like, so one of my good friends, uh, he was the first guy I met down there, you know, uh, we're we're still real close. And it's, it's funny because, you know, with fraternity brothers and all that stuff now. But, yeah, I can remember he's from Columbia, Missouri, and, you know, I'm from Chicago, and I'm meeting this guy. He's an offensive lineman. You know, you don't receive just always hanging out with offensive no, linemen. But, no. you know, <laughs> we became the best of friends, you know, and, uh, you know, he was at my wedding and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, met some great folks down there, had the opportunity, you know, to, to win some, and then, you know, had an opportunity to let Nebraska kind of you know, see, hey, that I can play for him too. So it, I think it worked out well for me. You know, Tree, I'm, th- I'm going to assume, kind of like in Coming to America. You know, here I come, Carter. I had to bring it. Tree, kind of an inside joke. Every show I try to in, I try to uh, um, insert Coming to America in somehow in shape or form. And, I'm, and Carter has still not seen the movie yet. We're trying to get him to see it. But I'm, I'm assuming when you went to – you know, Island was kind of like when uh, they got to Queens for the first time. They were cultural shot big time. So the only yeah. thing I'm going to think you seen a color when you went there was probably the Angus cows. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of diversity down there. <laughs> no. I, it's funny you say that. And uh, it was a uh, majority of people that looked like me. Uh, were athletes. Yep. So, you know, I think on our team, there was maybe 25 of us. And then at that time, with Kansas Junior Colleges, you know, there was a cap on out-of-state players. Yes. So, you know, you can only have so many guys from out-of-state that actually could play. So I, I wasn't aware of that until I got down there. So mm-hmm. when I got down there, I was like, oh, yeah. You know, one of the, it was a, another receiver. He was from Kansas City, Kansas. And he was like, yeah, you know, you're only going to play so many of you guys from out-of-state. And he had that um, – Big, you know, like, oh, smug in the face, like, yeah, you guys are not going to take my spot. Like, oh, 
you wait and see, my friend. Right. You wait and see. <laughs> wait till we <laughs> put the pads the on. Why not taking the guy's spot? And, you know, he was lucky to get an opportunity to go to uh, Northwest Missouri and play there for a year. But it was kind of funny. I was like, really? You think I'm not good enough to beat you out? So, right. you know, uh, you, you had a, a sense of urgency, for sure, right. when you got down there. Because, you know, you had the two years. And not only that, you had to really kind of show year one. So those coaches, when they were coming in to recruit the guys that were sophomores, can come back and look mm. at you. And then, you know, give you an opportunity or say, hey, you know what, when you come to visit us or, you know, offer you a scholarship. So it was definitely a sense of urgency, that's for sure. So then you cap your Highland Community College career uh, with 46 catches, 938 yards. I believe highlighted that season by a 13-catch, 252-yard and three-touchdown performance against Independence. The time comes to make that jump to Nebraska. Were there any other teams that were coming that way for you, or was Nebraska pretty intent in getting you up to Lincoln? Uh, well, you know what? Tennessee was on the radar. Mm. And, um, you know, I was really, really interested in Tennessee at the time because, you know, they were throwing the ball. And, you know, and I felt like, yeah, man, that would be a great situation for me. But when I uh, got up to Lincoln and just being there on my recruit trip and just seeing how everything was, I was like, yeah, this is the place. Now, mind you, you know that you're not going to get the ball that often, but it was just something about being in Lincoln and, you know, just that atmosphere. I remember um, going into Coach Osborne's office, you know, uh, the next morning after they showed me around and everything. I was like, hey, Coach, I'm, I'm coming. You know, so mm. it was just kind of that simple. And after that, you know, uh, all the schools pretty much stopped. You know, we had a few schools like um, uh, well, Memphis State at the time, you know, in your small schools like the Utah State and things, uh, schools like that. But had I waited, maybe there would have been more. But, you know, I knew Nebraska was the place I wanted to go and play for. And it didn't hurt that you know, my former teammate was up there, and there was a, a, a ton of Chicago guys on the team too. So that kind of helped out a lot. Because mm-hmm. when you got up here, Johnny was already up here. Yes, Johnny was already up there. And that's the reason how I got on a Nebraska's radar because of Johnny. Coach Brown knew about me in um, high school, but, you know, I came to visit Johnny. Johnny said, hey, man, just come up for the weekend for the spring game. I think this was in 90. And I came up, and uh, I'm on the sideline. I'm seeing people just going crazy over Calvin Jones. He was just he was still in high school. I'm like, people going crazy over a high school kid? What is this all about? You know, I just, I like, what, is, what is this all about? I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So, and then I had folks asking me for autographs. I'm like, I don't even play here. It's like, you just see a big guy on the sideline. You think I play here? I'm like, okay, I'll sign it. And uh, I had, had an opportunity to speak with Coach Brown, and uh, he was like, hey, you know, we're interested in you. So I was like, fine, Coach, you know, let, I'll fill out the questionnaire, and then we'll see what happens with it. And then, you know, I was getting the mail during the summer, and then once my sophomore season started, you know, then the call started. You know, Coach mm. Brown was calling me more, and he's like, hey, send some film. You know, how you do this week? And I was kind of telling them the games I were having. He didn't believe me. I was like, yeah, Coach, this last weekend I had a 99-yard touchdown. I said, get out of here. I said, yeah, 99-yard <laughs> touchdown. He didn't believe me. I'm like, yeah, Coach. It's on tape. And then we got up there, and then, you know, we kind of sealed the deal. Folks, we're with former Nebraska receiver Tremaine Bell. When we come back from paying some bills, we're going to get into the meat of his career here at Nebraska, but also some of the memories from the 93 Orange Bowl. I hate to be a downer, but we're going to talk and bring it up. We're going to be back with former Nebraska receiver Tremaine Bill. You're with Riffin with Raff and AD on 93.7 The Ticket. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. 
So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops.